You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. was written by Susan Parashutes. We need to feel more to understand others. We need to love more to be loved back. We need to cry more to cleanse ourselves. We need to laugh more to enjoy ourselves. We need to establish the values of honesty and fairness when interacting with people. We need to establish a strong ethical basis as a way of life. We need to see more than our own little fantasies. We need to hear more and listen to the needs of others. We need to give more and take less. We need to share more and own less. We need to realize the importance of the family as a backbone to stability. We need to look more and realize that we are not so different from one another. We need to create a world where we can all live peacefully the life we choose. We need to create a world where we can once again trust each other. I thought that was uh, a bit apropos for the subject matter this evening. And I want to I want to speak to all of our internet listeners and users because I know that uh, you've been jumping from chat room to chat room, trying to find that special someone, that soulmate. And, uh, you know, if you, maybe you've asked yourself, uh, are these people aliens from another planet? Am I speaking a foreign language? Uh, 
you know? Aren't they listening to me? Don't they hear me? Well, you may not be far from wrong. And according to John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, that's just exactly what he says. That maybe we are speaking different languages to each other and we need to get along as Martians and Venusians. My guest this evening is Michael Najarian, who is the president of Personal Growth Productions, and uh, he is joining me live from Phoenix, Arizona. Good evening, Michael. Hello, Cindy. Hello, everyone. Can you, uh, can you hear me all right? Yes, our connection is great. Oh, that's great. That's good. So we're, we're still talking the same language here. Where to speak. <laughs> uh, this Thursday evening... John Gray is coming into Providence uh, to do a three-hour lecture uh, at the Providence Performing Arts Center, and uh, I know that you have spent a good deal of time with John, so uh, give us a little forspice, a little appetizer on what people who are going to uh, hear and see the lecture might look look forward to. Sure. Um First, you know, lecture, that's a word that might be a little tough for some Martians to deal with. <laughs> Just the concept relationship seminar actually is something like, you know, your partner or wife comes home and says, hey, honey, you want to go to this relationship talk or lecture? That's sort of like saying to a guy, you know, how about spending a night getting a root canal? <laughs> It's just not something we like to do very much. And, and, you know, John recognized that quite a while ago, and, and he has since then really tried to put humor into what is sometimes really difficult situations for us. And the three hours that John will be doing um, out in Providence this week is really more uh, a, a very entertaining evening. It's, it's sort of like going to maybe uh, the local comedy shop and listening to, you know, a very entertaining guy talk about relationships. You won't really know the importance of the message that you've heard until a few days, weeks, or months later when you notice subtle changes in your relationship and understanding in your partner that it's that, that you realize what a big difference his information's really made in your life. And so, you know, my suggestion is do this as something to go out and have fun. You know, instead of dinner and a movie, go out and see John Gray on Thursday, and, and I promise you, you'll have a really entertaining evening. Now, how long have you been working with John? Well, I met John about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Actually, very typical Martian. I had a, a really good friend who, who said to me, you know, Michael, I know you've had a few bumps in your relationship. Maybe you want to go listen to this guy talk. And it actually took him almost two years to convince me to do what I've just suggested that other guys go out and do mm -hmm. this week. And uh, I heard John talk the first time, and I, I really thought that my friend had told him all about my relationship, just so that I'd be impressed with his seminar. Uh, well, it turns out that, you know, years later now, I guess the Men Are From Mars book has now sold a little over five million copies here in the United States that he was talking about someone else other than me. Right. So um, Now, I understand that the book has been uh, translated into several other languages. 37 right now, to be precise. It's uh, uh, My favorite uh, way of saying that is, is he's really managed to help Martians and Venusians all over our planet. Okay. 
Now, for, for our Internet listeners who, I understand what you mean because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm almost uh, three-quarters through the book. And, um, well, probably more than three-quarters. I've got about 40 more pages to read. And so I understand when you say Martians and Venusians, but why don't you um, translate that for our listeners? Sure. John recognized that there were subtle differences between the way that men and women acted in relationships. And he started watching those differences and, and trying to find a way to communicate what he had discovered to his audiences. One evening, he told a little story about men imagining that men came from Mars and women coming from Venus. Mm -hmm. um, Lee, and at one point, you know, exclusive library are planets, and the Martians both went to Venus, happy, loving relationships. We eventually came together very well because our language was different, we knew the, and we respected any differences. Then once with a little bit of a different essay, mm -hmm. we all went to cup, we woke up with selected, <laughs> forgot, supposed to be different. So instead of, winners would come up, going to translating, we'd say, oh, is this, what does she mean when it's something different, started interpreting it, she was saying it in our language, and, and this is in the occurring conflicts, which now, would you like me to read an example of that? Yep. Okay, well, let's just start with this. For instance, the theory between the Martian and Venusian planets were that we used the same words, but they had different meanings. Now, let's take, for instance, the dead word, nothing. Mm -hmm. Tom says to me, honey, and I'm a little upset. Maybe not feeling perfectly right. It's wrong. And I say, nothing. I mean, when I say nothing, thing that I can't take all on my own, if you just give me fear, leave me alone for a while. Cave concept comes in where the cave concept comes in. Cave, right. <laughs> I retreat to my figure things out a while, do what I want, feeling great. I say to my wife, honey, if she's looking upset, she says nothing to me with a completely different meaning. Her meaning is, unless you really, if you'll stay here with me, questions, find out more day until I feel safe, tell you how I feel. So the way it plays out is, if I'm a guy, yeah. I say, what's wrong? And she says, not only no Martian, I figure, I'm fine, and I'm out of it. Now, does tonality, because let's say you did something that upset her, okay? And you say to her, honey, did I do something wrong? And she goes, nothing. Well. <laughs> what's the translation of that nothing? Tone can make a difference, but remember that, that the meaning of the word can completely overpower that. And when I hear her say nothing, almost regardless of the tone, what I hear is she wants to be left alone. Mm. So uh, the loving thing for me to do is, is, in Martian terms, walk away and leave her alone. Right. Just look at the flip side, Cindy. If she says to me what's wrong and I say nothing, what is she inclined to do? Because she's Venusian, because it means something different to her. Question and try to to drag out of you what's really bothering you. Was it that meeting you had today? Did you get the car in? Right. You're looking more upset. I wasn't upset until <laughs> you asked me all these questions, and then we're in an argument. It's the recognizing that the languages have subtle, different meanings, even though they use the same words. And there's all kinds of examples of this 
in the way that we treat each other. And the sad part is we have people getting divorces out there over something as simple as this. We have families breaking up because both partners say to themselves, well, look, I'm doing the loving thing. I'm doing my best. And they are doing their best, but what they're lacking is the skill to have a successful relationship. The thing that I found really fascinating was the way that John describes what men's real needs are and what women's real needs are and how we confuse them because we think that we as women think that your needs as Martians are the same as ours. Very confusing. So what what are the needs of men? Well, John makes a, 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 a subtle line. He's got 12 in the Men Are From Mars book, uh, right. 12 for men and 12 for women. Like a good Martian, I'm going to cut him down a little bit so that you can look at him more closely. But specifically, John talks about a, a, a Martian's emotional needs being centered around trust, acceptance, and appreciation, while a Venusian's emotional needs are more centered around caring, understanding, and respect. Let's, in fact, let's take them down from 12 to 2 and look at the difference between appreciation mm -hmm. and respect and look at it around one of the most common conflicts or, or discussions, if you will, that come up, and that is of domestic work, the household work. Mm -hmm. If I come home and my wife is vacuuming, for instance, I say to her, oh, honey, thank you so much for vacuuming. Oh, <laughs> that's nice for me to acknowledge it. Right. really doesn't go to the heart of what she needs. What does she want in that case? She wants she wants you to grab that vacuum cleaner and take over. <laughs> she wants me to, that's right, she wants me to do something to demonstrate that I care about what she's doing, that I understand the depths of her efforts, and that I'm respectful of her enough to try to help out. Now look at the flip side of that. Okay. I'm vacuuming. Mm-hmm. What do I want? I got to tell you right now, if she doesn't come in and notice that I happen to like, I like to do that vacuuming where you make all the lines go, you know, right, straight right. tracks and the carpet. And that way it'll, it'll be noticed that you did like, oh, Look at the way you <laughs> did that. And the lines around the coffee table there. Wow, what a great job. That love, that appreciation that she gives me for, for that is what I feed on. I just need her to say, way to go, boy, and I'm right there to do more of it. But a lot of times, you know, that doesn't come. You know, she'll say, I mean, look at trying to get support for domestic work. A lot of times a woman will say, you know, would you help me out with the vacuuming? Mm -hmm. In fact, I'll just give you a, a better example. She'll say, honey, could you vacuum for me? You know, Martians are really smart, you know. They're always looking for the easiest way. They're, it's like this, the law of don't do anything you don't have to do on Mars. That's a big law there. So if she says to me, honey, could you do the vacuuming? I can say yes and then sit down and watch TV and feel like I've done what she said. Uh -huh. So John makes a distinction, first of all, between the C words, the can you and could you's, and the would you and will you's. Right. So first I suggest you want to phrase your request as a request. Would you help with the vacuuming? The, the other thing that I found really interesting is that when women tend to, and, and I agree with them totally, women tend to want to just talk about their feelings, about their emotions, about the problems they have, and men want to fix them. 
Yeah. If you look at the Martian world, we are, in a sense, always paid, even in our jobs is the best way, you're paid for solution giving. Look at the firemen, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just step back for a second. This thing of a woman wanting to talk about her problems and, and guys trying to fix them is just such a big point. Because what we hear when a woman shares her problems with us is she's asking us for a solution. Right. And the mistake that we make is that we try to give a solution, and that's not what she's doing. What she's saying is, I really just want to talk about what's going on. And if they can't find a solution? Pardon? And if you Martians can't find a solution? Well, it's not that we can't find it necessarily. It's that even if we do find one, it's, that is not what she's looking for. Right. See, a woman is perfectly capable, regardless of what most Martians think, of figuring out all of her own problems. Right. I mean, here's the best example I can give you of that. She comes home and she's a little frustrated with her job that day. Right. My wife comes home and she goes, Oh, honey, I had the worst day today. I mean, you couldn't believe it. The customers were bad. This guy I'm working for, he's a complete lunatic. You know, I just, I don't know what to do. And what do I say to her? Well, so, Susan, why don't you just quit that job? <laughs> now, what's she supposed to do? Look at me and say, oh, Michael, you are so brilliant. You know, I would have never thought of that. Quit my job. My, isn't that amazing? You figured that out? And I never would have thought of that. That's not what she wants. If she wants to quit the job, she can figure that out on her own. She just wants to be able to talk about what's going on in her day. And, and this is tough for Martians because, you see, again, this is a difference. Venusians relieve stress by openly talking about their problems. It's, on Venus, it's a perfectly accepted way of being. On Mars, we don't do that. It's called the double V, Venusian venting. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> That's right. And Martians don't do that. We take it into the cave, and we think about it, and we grumble about it a little bit, and then we come out with a solution. We always, we always strive for competence. And, you know, talking openly about our problems. I mean, imagine it. If I go out, I mean, look at the man going out with a group of guys. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is complaining the whole night about what, you know, this is going wrong, that's going on, this is going wrong. The guys start looking at me like, what's wrong with him? Who invited him? <laughs> but a group of women could go out, and they actually... Love. Oh, we love to do that. Yeah, talking about problems. It's sure. great. You know, everybody gets a chance to share what's going on in their life. By the oh, way, this what? is another Martian-Venusian difference mm -hmm. as far as language. On Venus, what you call sharing, on Mars, we call that complaining. Uh -huh. and that's what? another really big issue that we come up with because when we hear the complaint, we think we need to have a solution for it. Well, what do you Martians talk about when you get together over a beer or... Or a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, the first, my first inclination was to say nothing. <laughs> and you know why? Because, again, this is another Mars-Venus dif difference is we don't latch on to details. I often say to my wife, she knows more about the details of my friends' lives than I do. Mm -hmm. It's not that I didn't hear them ever. I just don't pull them in. So it, it, it's just not an important thing to us. Now, I want you to know it's not like we don't do it. Um, 
for instance. I think it's called bonding now. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you can just take the way we have to do it. Now, you okay. can call up a girlfriend and you can say, hey, would you like to go for a walk in the park? And, you know, it might be a lake there. We can walk by the lake. And, you know, we can talk on the way and see what's going on in each other's lives. Your girlfriend would be great. Mm -hmm. I called up one of my male friends and said that. They think I was, you know, a little bit out of it. But what could I call up a male friend and say? I can say, hey, Bob, you want to go play golf? Uh -huh. Now, what's that? It's walking through a park where there's lakes and <laughs> talking about what's going on in your life. <laughs> Same thing. Right. Same thing. And I, and I figured that one out a little bit, too. It's like John talks about the Martian um, consciousness is being focused and the Venusian consciousness is being expansive. Mm. See, it's like guys got to go A to B. All right? Golf yeah. is definitely A to B. You hit the ball, you go to B. That's something you can do in between, but you always have your goal out there while you're getting to it. See, for the Venusian, she can go for a walk in the park. She doesn't even have to know where the path goes. It's an adventure. It's a, it's a discovery, and, and it's a different way of being. Guys tend to be more focused in the way that they look at things. Is that why... Is that why Martians don't like to play golf with their Venusian partners? Oh, I think that's a whole other <laughs> <laughs> But it could be. It could be. I don't know. Um, you know, but when I think about, when I think of this A to B thing, mm -hmm. of wanting to go A to B, this is another thing for women to know. It's like he comes in, you know, and, and he's going from A the garage to be the couch with the remote, right? Right. And she says to him, I mean, I just know this. My wife might say to me, honey, um, before you sit down, the baby needs some diapers. Would you mind getting some diapers? Mm-hmm. Now, my first reaction to that is always a little grumbly, okay? Now, why is that? It's because she got in the way of A to B. She's asked me to go out here to see. Now, my wife is very smart. She's read John's books, and she knows that when she asks that She's question, it's going to be a grumbling. Right. Could you give us a little grumble? A typical Venusian <laughs> response to that is, well, if you're going to act that way, then I'll do it myself. Uh-huh. And he just goes, okay, fine. You know, I mean, it, it's like she wants to do it, let her do it. I'm so I'll go to the couch. And that gets her even more angry. Well, of course she's angry, and also it's her job from that point on. But if she just lets him grumble, now this is my experience with the diapers. I've got a two-year-old right now, one more on the way, so I'm like right in this wow. thing right now. And and I notice this, you know, I go, okay, and I get the key, and as I go back out the garage, I'm, you know, I'm still grumble, grumble, and I'm out on the street, and I'm on my way to the store. But I notice that once I get to the store, and I'm like, now I got a new goal, get the diapers. Right. Now I take pride in it, you know, I know, it's Huggies. Right. You know, mid-range, 12 to 14, 12 to 61. I'm even proud of it. Now, not to counter, you know, I'm kind of standing there all smug. Came down here to get some diapers for my daughter. I'm happy. I'm proud of it. I got my bag. I'm walking out. Well, I want other people to notice, you know. Look. Look what I did. I got some diapers here, you know. And I go home, and now my wife, appreciation, oh, like it's a national holiday. Thank you, honey, for getting the diapers. And as long as I get that, now I'm Mr. Diaper. You know, I call ahead. We need some diapers. How about some juice? That sort of thing. It's love. That's what does it. And 
appeal, not interrupting what is a very normal response for a focused guy. And pretty soon you start getting, I mean, this is called supporting each other. Mm -hmm. You know, she's supporting his way and getting what she needs in return, which is the help that she needs. And after a while, again, I start doing this, I get the look. Now she's not asking anymore. Now I'm offering. And I can't tell you how many calls I get from women saying, how do I get my husband to help? How do I get him to wake up? He doesn't understand. He doesn't care. Respectful of me. And that's, that's the problems that occur under this, these headings of caring, understanding, and respect. So it's just another little area there that, that now, I suggest that women and men take a look at. One of the things that I've found is that John gears a lot of his information toward people that are already either married or in an intimate relationship. What about beginnings of relationships or just new relationships? How does this same does this same approach apply? Well, there's a couple of answers to that. Number one, what, what I notice is in a new relationship, I think it's some sort of like uh, you get amnesty from the amnesia. What's going on? It's either that or it's testosterone with manners. I'm not quite sure what it is. But, but, I like that. I'm going to write that down. But what's happening is we are doing those things, okay? A lot of times we are. But, I mean, you have to watch these things like in the dating process because a lot of times without this information, you can make mistakes. I mean, take the first date, for instance, where she starts asking the guy a lot of questions about his life. Is she asking those questions because she wants him to dominate the conversation that night? No. She's asking those questions because that's what she would like him to do. Remember, she's from a different planet. She's going to do what's good based on her experience. So what should she do? What should she do? Mm. She should allow him to ask the questions so that she can talk. And, and, I mean, this is really more the guy thing here because he's got to stimulate it. He has to give short answers to her questions. <laughs> and then ask a question back and allow her to talk and then question her more. Tell me more. You know, because she'll just give a short answer too. You know, well, where are you from? Oh, I'm from the Midwest. Oh, well, what's the weather like back there? Oh, well, I don't really like it. Do you like cold weather? You know, do you, you know what I mean? You have to keep going with them because you need to sort of prime the pump, if you will. It's like... Um, She's not going to give you the opportunity, if you will, to score points in the relationship. I think one of the things that we as uh, Venusians tend, when men sit quietly, when, when there's a lull in a conversation and they're just sitting quietly, and I think it's a quest probably Martians dislike the most, we'll just look at them and say, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is such a great question. There's some physiology here you have to understand. Right. They've discovered in the last 10 years or so, in, in many cases, and in some of this is the last two years, the first discovery they made was that the connective tissue between the left and right brains 
is substantially larger in most women than it is in men, mm -hmm. 3 to 40% larger in many cases. What that means is your feeling center and your communication center, separated by the left and right hemispheres of the brain, are better connected for women than they are for men. The other point is that with these new MRI and PET scans, which is this way of like shooting color into the brain, right. ask women and men emotional type questions. Mm -hmm. And in a woman, all quadrants of the brain will light up, and in a, in a man, only one quadrant will, will light up. So what happens is, is if a guy's in a relationship with a woman that he cares about, mm -hmm. she asks him a question, especially right. something that's emotional about his feelings. Right. What he has to do is he has to go over to his feeling center and figure out what it is he's feeling. And then he has to go from the feeling center back over to the communication center and answer the question. Right. So he can't feel and talk at the same time. Because he's still trying to get from A to B. And the worst <laughs> part of that is, is when we get back from feeling to speech, mm -hmm. he's asked another question on a different subject, which requires <laughs> us to go back again. And, you know, I mean, just back to this dating thing is... This is just a thing that I've noticed about this, and, and John pointed it out to me uh, a few weeks ago, actually. This, this thing of guys who don't talk a lot or kind of get stuck when a woman's talking to them and they, they, they sort of sound like they're uh, maybe verbally uh, restricted or something. Or that they're having some sort of out-of-body experience and they're not there. These are the guys that you want to pay attention to, okay? Because a guy who's having feelings about you, mm -hmm. he's not able to connect his speech center to his feeling center quite so easily. Now, the guy who's got the speech going, right. the reason for that is he's practiced those lines. Uh -huh. He knows them already. He's got a script. Basically. You know, he's got a script already made. Well, sometimes, but those are the smooth talkers. And those guys are not, and I'm not saying that they're bad guys, I'm just saying, they are not necessarily connected to their feelings. And, I mean, I think especially as teenagers, we all experience this. You know, it's very clear then. Guys, you know, it's like those, those dances, you know, where you go up and you try to ask her to dance. And you oh, yeah. I get the words out. It's very clear and it gets a little more convoluted as we get older. But that's basically it. And you just have to remember that this is beyond the Venetian experience because, I mean, I watch it with my wife all the time. I mean, she can be... Um, I mean, it, it, for instance, she's, she's in the other room right now, but I know that she knows what I'm talking about. She probably knows the questions you're asking me, even though she can't hear them. At the same time, she's watching our daughter. She's doing something for herself. She's, she's using all aspects of this brain. And it's just Martians are very single, very narrow focused, and we don't have the physiological equipment in some cases to be able to do that. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing how we do go blank. And it's, it's not necessarily through any fault of our own. It's just we're a little slower in that capacity. Well, I think the whole concept is fascinating. And I do, uh, I know that you've been doing uh, some of the seminars yourself. And um, you are most entertaining and most informative. On every other Sunday, starting October 6th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, listen to Discover Your Potential with internationally known radio talk show host, Cindy Gilman.
Topics will include inspiring and well-known guests, health and wellness, and spirituality. Cindy is a certified holistic counselor as well as a spiritual medium.